just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast, early morning hours of a Saturday. I hope your week went well. It's kind of a busy, kind of a crazy week. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. I hope it's warmer where you are than it is here. Today it's going to be 28 degrees, which is kind of nice. But the previous three days has been sub-zero temperatures, cold as shit And we'll have 28 today and tomorrow, the next day, and the next day after that. Well, again, we'll be sub-zero temperatures. Sometimes it just sucks being in Minnesota. Now, I like Minnesota. I was born and raised here. My family's here. My grandkids are here. I'm not moving. But from time to time, it's going to be a good thing to get out of town, go someplace warmer, thaw out, if you will. And actually, my wife and I do have plans to uh, go someplace warmer toward the end of the month. And we're going to Palm Springs. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, why the fuck are you going to Palm Springs? I don't know. Why not? Never been to Palm Springs. Like to see what Palm Springs looks like. And it's going to be 75 to 80 degrees, so that's good enough for me. If I sit by a pool all day in 75-degree temperatures, that's much better than sitting here in minus 10 below temperatures. So we're going to do that. Hopefully I'll do some recording in Palm Springs. Now Palm Springs used to be a place where all the rich people used to play 50s, 60s, 70s. Frank Sinatra, all those people, everybody would go to Palm Springs. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think I'm going to see a bunch of stars, but I don't give a shit as long as it's warm. Now, as I said, there's a lot of stories that played out last week. So we got plenty to talk about. I want to start out with one kind of funny story. It's about Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Oh, he's a slimy piece of shit, isn't he? <laughs> and he's so stupid. I mean, he steps on his own dick so many times, it's just fucking crazy. But he thinks he's so brilliant. He thinks he's the front runner for the presidency in 2024. I don't know, Ted. I don't know anybody that likes you anymore. You see, Ted Cruz, since the insurrection, has said as many as 17, 18, 19 times that that was a terrorist attack. And nobody really said much about it, but the last time he said it was a terrorist attack, oh, that got all the Republicans, the Trumplicans, and the right-wing media got their panties all up in a bunch. They were upset at Ted Cruz because of it. And, of course, amongst the media, there's Tucker Carlson. I like to call him Fuckhead Carlson. But either way, you know who I'm talking about on Fox News. He got very mad at Ted Cruz. Oh, boy, he called him out on the television show he has on Fox News. He brought Ted Cruz on. And Ted Cruz was groveling and bending over and crying and whining and asking for forgiveness. You see, Tucker Carlson said to him, he said, look, You said that the attack on the U.S. Capitol, January 6th, was a terrorist attack, and clearly you were lying. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. 
Ted Cruz says it was a terrorist attack, and for once in his life, he says something that's actually true. Fucking actually true. But then Tucker Carlson says it's not true. See, that's what Fox News does. Everything they tell you that they say is true is a lie. And everything that's a lie to them is true. That's why you can't get anywhere listening to Fox News. You can't you can't learn anything for real because they're just fucking with you. They're manipulating you. And if you're stupid enough to be manipulated, well, then you're uninformed and stupid in your own right. And that's why we have a 30% base that follows Donald Trump and even a bigger percentage that listen to fucking Fox News. So anyway, they come together on TV and... Uh, Ted Cruz is groveling and begging and asking for forgiveness and says, well, I was just kind of sloppy about what I was saying. I said this, but I didn't mean that. What I meant was this, and that made no sense. It was pathetic watching him on this TV show. He was absolutely pathetic. And (laughs) it's funny about Ted Cruz. Like I say, he keeps stepping on his own dick. He does this to himself, not unlike his buddy, his Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. I'm convinced Donald Trump wouldn't be nearly in as much trouble as he is in now if he just learned to keep his mouth shut. But they think they're so fucking smart that they can handle everything, manipulate anybody. They're smarter than everybody, so they can just talk. And the more they talk, the more it's going to be better for them. But every fucking time, it gets worse. You'd think they'd learn a lesson at one point. Now, whenever I look at Ted Cruz, I got to giggle a little bit because he's such a fucking joke. I saw a joke or actually a meme on the Internet about Ted Cruz, thought it was hilarious. So I'll tell it to you. What's the difference between Ted Cruz's wife and the insurrection? (laughs) Well, the punchline is this. Ted Cruz would never defend his wife. (laughs) Which, of course, is because of, you know, Donald Trump suggesting that Ted Cruz's wife was unattractive. I've seen Ted Cruz's wife. She's a middle-aged lady. She's fine. She's not unattractive. And Ted Cruz didn't seem to want to argue with Donald Trump about it. He just took it, just like he took it from Tucker Carlson on Fox News. See, this is the weird thing to me with Ted Cruz. Here's a guy who's a sitting senator in the U.S. Senate. He comes on a cable news channel, and he's got hat in hand, and he's begging for forgiveness. Does he not know he's a senator? And does he not know that Tucker Carlson's a half-assed broadcaster on a station that isn't even a news channel? It's a fucking entertainment channel. Does he not know that Tucker Carlson has gone to court and people have said, well, Tucker's lied. And Tucker has said, well, nobody would believe me. It's just entertainment. (laughs) But somehow Tucker Carlson can cause Ted Cruz to shake in his boots. And here's why. Ted Cruz doesn't care about the truth. He doesn't care about what's right or what's best for the country. He's only concerned about his own power, his own ability to get elected. So he wants to stay on the good side of Republicans, trump the base, whatever you want to call them. And he does that by doing Donald Trump's bidding, kissing Donald Trump's ass, going on Fox News and squawking the party line, which is a lie. 
But Ted fucked himself over. Of course, the Democrats don't like Ted Cruz. The people in the middle can see that he's a fucking joke, a liar, and a crook. But now the trump the Republicans, now they're mad at him. Steve Bannon, Tucker Carlson. He tried to talk his way out of it. Didn't work because he said what he said. He meant what he said. So <laughs> he's in all kinds of trouble now. I mean, you remember when Texas got hit with that cold wave, the snow and the ice? Yeah, it was terrible for those folks. People were suffering. People were struggling. Some people died. They didn't have water. They didn't have heat. These are Ted Cruz's constituents. And what does Ted Cruz do? Well, he packs up a bag with his daughters and going to fly down to Mexico, enjoy the warm weather, and relax by a pool while his constituents are struggling back at home. Well, he got caught doing that. Now, everybody that voted for him know what kind of piece of shit he is. So is that going to help him in the election? You know, it's funny. Ted Cruz thinks of himself as the frontrunner for the 2024 presidential election. And frankly, he's fucking delusional because nobody likes him. One of the best quotes I ever heard from Al Franken was this. This was when Al Franken was in the Senate. And he says, you know, I like Ted Cruz. He said, I like Ted Cruz better than most of my colleagues. And I fucking hate Ted Cruz. (laughs) And that's really it. Nobody likes the son of a bitch. He's exposed himself to his constituents when they had the cold snap and he was going to Cancun. He exposed himself to the rest of the country when he said that the insurrection was a terrorist act, even though it was. Those Republicans don't want to hear that. They know it's true, but they don't want them talking about it because then the Democrats would be right. And the only job that the Republicans have are trying to own the Democrats. And frankly, it's not working really well for them. It's just it's just not fucking working. So here we go. Ted Cruz is in a lot of trouble. It couldn't happen to a better guy because he is a piece of shit. He is probably the worst of the worst in our government. And the faster he can be thrown the fuck out of the Senate, the better. He may also have some ties to this insurrection thing, those investigations by the House Select Committee. So among all the other things going on, he may be exposed there too. I think Teddy's career is on the downside now, and he'll soon be looking for something else. He'll probably try to go to Fox News and try to be a reporter on TV, but after what he just did by saying it was a terrorist attack, I don't think Fox News wants anything to fucking do with him anymore. So we'll keep an eye on Ted Cruz, but just remember, he's a worthless piece of shit, and anything bad that happens to him, we like it. Now, the new jobs report came out, and it said that 199,000 new jobs were created last month. Now, all the Republicans are saying, oh, see, Joe Biden's not doing a very good job. Only 200,000 jobs were created. See, Joe Biden's failing. But they're very selective about what they tell you and what they complain about, because there's far more to that story that makes it look a lot different. First of all, 200,000 new jobs in a month was a good month for Donald Trump. That was an excellent job for 
Donald Trump back in the day. And these people would love to tout how powerful, how great Donald Trump was. Whatever he did was the greatest ever. But here are some other things they don't tell you that you should know. While there's only 199,000 jobs found last month, the unemployment rate dropped below 4%. Now, that is the first time in 50 years in any president's first year for it to be under 4%. Joe Biden did that. Nobody else did that, including Donald Trump. The fact of the matter is, when he left office, the unemployment rate was 6%. So now we're under 4% while under Joe Biden. How can you not say that's not a good thing? That's a fucking good thing. Secondly, in his tenure of one year, Joe Biden had brought in 6 million new jobs. Donald Trump, how did he do? Well, if you listen to him, if you listen to the Trumplicans, he got more jobs than everybody in history. Not true. Turns out he is the only president in the history of this country to leave office with fewer jobs than when he started. Yeah, Donald Trump lost two million jobs, two million fewer jobs when he left as when he came in. Only president in history to do that. So, yeah, that's wonderful, Donald Trump. You haven't done jack shit. Joe Biden's lapping you in one year compared to all four of your years. It's funny listening to these people. They constantly spew lies, and a certain amount of people will believe them, but they're so fucking outrageous, nobody with an average or above intelligence could buy that shit. Now, here's the other thing that I find interesting. They're going to kick about how many new jobs were created last month. 199,000. That's not enough. Well, here's what's interesting to me. Aren't we in a situation in this country right now where there are literally millions of jobs opened? Employers can't hire enough people for those jobs. There are millions of jobs that need to be filled. If we have millions of jobs that need to be filled, why do we even need new fucking jobs created? Shouldn't we focus on getting the jobs we currently have that currently exist filled before we worry about new jobs. Now, of course, it's nice to create more jobs. And as I've said, Joe Biden created six million in a year. Donald Trump lost two million in four years. So Joe Biden's doing fine. You have an off month. But here's the interesting thing about the numbers that we're getting about new jobs. The last couple times the jobs report wasn't great. Somehow in the next couple of weeks, there was new numbers and they were far better than what was initially thought. So clearly there's some troubles with the people collecting the data and reporting the data because you don't continually have problems with getting the actual figures. So we need to look at what's going on there, why the people aren't doing their job they're supposed to be doing initially and later they have to correct it does make Joe Biden look bad a little bit, but everything else Joe Biden has done has uh, been pretty impressive. I mean, let's be honest. 
the economy couldn't be better than it is now. It just couldn't be better. It never has really been better. The stock market is higher than it ever was. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't think presidents have as much effect on the stock market as a lot of people believe, any more than they do with the price of gas. Presidents really don't have as much impact as you think. But Donald Trump spent four years touting the stock market as his greatest win that showed he was the greatest president. He touted it constantly. But the funny thing is, Joe Biden in one year increased the stock market far more than what Donald Trump did in four years. Donald Trump said he had the greatest economy ever. Well, Joe Biden's kicking his ass, so clearly Joe Biden has the greatest economy ever. If you talk to people on the streets right now and you worry about the polls, how Joe Biden isn't polling very well, that's not all that unusual for a president in his first year going into the midterms. That's not unusual. But if you ask people, how's the economy doing? A lot of them will say, well, I don't know if I like the economy so much. Really? Because the economy's doing beautifully. There's nothing in the economy that's doing badly. The job market is the best time ever. People looking for jobs have more leverage, more power, can demand more things than they ever could before. People that are currently working are getting more deferential treatment. They're getting more money. They're getting raises. They're getting more benefits because these people are desperate to keep them on the job. So you couldn't have a better job market. I've told my son this. I've told other young people, this is an opportunity here. You need to take advantage of it. You need to get down to business because you could very well find a job that's better than you ever imagined. It's a great time to start a career and start a life. So take advantage of this situation. So as much as people will think that the economy is bad, that's well, that's just not fucking true. It's just not true. And somehow... The Democrats aren't communicating that well enough to the people, the general public. Now, there is one thing. There is one thing that is uh, causing people concern, and that is inflation. Now, I get it, man. I go to the store, and things I would normally buy are more expensive now. Some things even 50% more expensive. And that's a problem. I don't like it, but I understand why it's happening. And I think most people don't understand why it's happening. They don't get it. You see, the thing about it is is that inflation does come around from time to time. And there are a number of reasons why it could occur. But this particular stretch of inflation is caused for one reason. It's because we had a big event in this country, meaning the pandemic. We had inflation after World War II. We had inflation after the 1918 pandemic. And after this pandemic... The same thing is happening. It's all about supply and demand. If you understand that, I can explain it to you here. So the pandemic starts. People are buying fewer things. They don't have money. They aren't going out to dinner. There's a lot of things they're not doing. So the supply chain has to cut back. Has to cut back because if they keep pumping stuff into this country like they did before, even if they could, now you're going to get warehouses full of shit. And all these products sitting in warehouses and not being purchased are going to have prices that drop like a rock. Again, that's supply and demand. A lot of supply, 
no demand. That means this shit is cheap. So what do they do? They pair it back. They try to match the demand with the supply. And they pair it back during the pandemic so fewer things are coming into the country because fewer things are selling. So then all of a sudden things come back to normal and people start going nuts and buying things like they did pre-pandemic. In fact, everybody is amazed how quickly the economy came back after the pandemic. It was in record time. And now people are wanting to buy all this stuff, but we've got the supply chain slowed down because of the pandemic. Now, of course, they're going to speed up the supply chain and bring more things into the market. I mean, that's how they make money. The more shit they sell, the more money they make. But it takes a while for it to ramp up. It takes a while for it to get back to normal. So now we're on the other side of the supply chain, the other side of supply and demand. Now the demand is way high, but the supply is low. So what does that mean? That means the prices on the low supply or the high demand, the prices are going to be higher because it's harder to get those things. Now, what you need to understand is that's going to balance out here eventually. It's taken a little longer than they thought, but uh, Joe Biden did a lot of things to help it along. You remember they said he was going to be the Grinch and he was going to take away Christmas because there was no... There'll be nothing on the shelves. Well, of course, that didn't happen. Joe actually took some action to make sure it didn't happen. And that's helping along the supply chain, getting it to come back to where it was. And when it comes back to where it was, then things will level out in terms of pricing. Now, that's not Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden's doing things to try to fix it, but this supply chain issue isn't his fault. They want to blame him for it, but you know whose fault it is? It is Donald Trump's fault. It is because Donald Trump ignored COVID, said it was a hoax, did absolutely nothing, and then it exploded into the mess that we now see. 800,000 people died. And when all that started to occur, that's when shutdowns happened. That's when the supply chain was affected and had to be slowed down. Now that people are buying again, now Joe Biden has to do what he has to do to get it back to normal, but it doesn't do that instantly. It takes some time. And inflation will go away or go down considerably. So these people who are mad at Joe Biden because of inflation, because it can't be the economy, the economy is wonderful. So they're mad about inflation. Now, when inflation comes down, we'll see how they react at this point. But one of the reasons they believe this is the most horrific thing and they don't understand why it's happening is because the Republicans, the trump running their mouth. That's what they do. They fucking run their mouth. And people believe it. They're controlling the narrative. And we can't allow them to control the narrative. Uh, We need to make some noise. There needs to be better communication from the Democrats explaining how good things are so people understand what's really going on. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So you no doubt remember the murder trial of Ahmed Aubrey. There were three fucking clowns that were arrested and convicted, and we'd been waiting for the sentence. If you don't remember the story, I'll just kind of bring you up to date. Ahmed Aubrey was a young man of color. He was running down the street, and three Trump-la-fuck country fucks 
decide to chase him down and kill him. The way the story goes is there's a property there, and there apparently were some thefts there, people going in, taking things off the property. Everybody knew about it. Well, one day, three guys, two cars, were going along the streets. In one truck was Gregory McMichael and Travis McMichael, father and son. Gregory the father, Travis the son. And they'd connected up with another friend in a second vehicle, his name, William Roddy Bryant. So they're coming down the street. They knew all the stories about all these thefts and things. But all of a sudden, they see this young black man running down the street, jogging, running, whatever he was doing. So they immediately thought, because they're bright folks, they thought, oh, black man running. He must be guilty of something. Maybe he's the guy robbing from this this uh, property and taking things off the property. So what do they do? They chase him down. Now, remember, Ahmed Aubrey's just running. No reason for running necessarily that these guys know, but they just assume he's guilty. So they catch up with him. They kind of rough him up a little bit. They hold him against his will. The second car comes up and kind of corrals him and participates in this whole process. So Gregory McMichael gets out of the car. He has a handgun, but I don't know that he has it. Well, he probably does have it pulled, if I remember correctly. Travis McMichael, the son, gets out of the driver's side. He pulls out with him a shotgun. Within moments later, uh, Travis McMichael shoots and murders Ahmed Aubrey. Well, of course, they get arrested. But the reason they get arrested, the reason they end up in trial is the kind of the funny part, if there's any funny part to this whole scenario. It seems William Roddy Bryan, who doesn't seem like the sharpest knife in the drawer, he wasn't a shooter in this situation, but he certainly participated. But he was a little arrogant. He thought, boy, this would be a good thing to videotape. And he videotaped the entire thing. (laughs) <laughs> and then when it was all over and Ahmed Aubrey, what does he do? He hands the videotape over to the police. Now, I'm glad he did because we got the truth and we got the conviction. But Jesus Christ, how stupid can you fucking be? Anyway, they look at the video. They arrest these guys and they bring them to court. Now, the McMichaels... And Roddy Bryan are claiming that, well, they stopped this guy. They were just going to make a citizen's arrest, and they were in fear for their lives. Now, wait a minute here. You got one guy with a a rifle or a shotgun. You got one guy with a handgun. You got two cars there, and you got a young black man running away. Yet somehow you're in fear of your life. You have to chase the guy down, hold him against his will. Then you shoot and murder him. That's your defense in this situation? (laughs) Yeah, that's not working, especially since Roddy turned over the video and it showed exactly what the fuck happened. It was ridiculous. There was no way these guys were going to get off, and they did not get off. So they were found guilty, all three of them. And just yesterday, we heard about the sentencing, and everybody was waiting with bated breath with that. And the sentencing is as follows. Gregory McMichael and Travis McMichael, who was the shooter, they both got a life sentence plus 20 years 
without any possibility of parole. They're in jail for fucking ever. Roddy didn't have a gun, but he was part of this whole process. He had a second car there. He was found guilty, of course, and he was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Now, this guy's in his 50s. He won't be available for parole of 20, 30 years, so he's going to be an old man anyway, and his life is pretty much done. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, looking at William Roddy Bryan, not the sharpest character, um, and he's kind of a kind of a wimpy kind of a guy, insecure guy. He's probably not going to last long in prison anyway. So all these guys will probably spend the rest of their natural lives in prison. So we see justice being done, at least justice in as much as we could expect in this situation. These people will go away to jail for the rest of their lives. Now, that doesn't bring Ahmed Aubrey back. That doesn't bring any relief back to the family. They're probably happy that justice was served, that these guys were caught, and they will be in jail. That's some sort of win. But they still lost a son, a brother, a cousin, whatever. He's gone forever for no good fucking reason. Absolutely no good reason. This kid wasn't guilty. They said they wanted to make a citizen's arrest. They knew enough about making a citizen's arrest, but they apparently didn't know the criteria for making a citizen's arrest because in order to do that, you have to actually witness the crime happening, which they didn't, mainly because there was no crime. The only crime that they saw in their own minds was a young black man running down the street, and apparently that was enough to convict and execute on the spot, because that's exactly what they did. Well, now they're paying the price, because the dumb fucks turned over the video that they made themselves. It always amazes me how stupid criminals are, but thank God for that. Without that video, these guys might have gotten off. Without a video... Derek Chauvin might have gotten off. So at least there was some video in this situation. Justice was done to the extent that these people will be in jail for the rest of their lives. And that's probably a good thing. These dumb fucks aren't smart enough to be let loose on the streets. And it says a lot about gun control. I don't know if uh, a gun control law would have stopped these guys from doing it or not. But it just goes to show you can't have just anybody walking around the streets with a gun because they don't know what to do with it and somebody's going to get hurt or killed like they did in this particular situation. So, Gregory McMichael, Travis McMichael, William Roddy Bryan, in jail forever. I hope this brings some peace to Ahmed Abri's family. They deserve some after all that they've been through and all that they've lost. They've got this win, but now they have to go on with the rest of their life missing a loved one that should not be missing. This was all fucking ridiculous. It was all stupid, and stupid people need to be taken off the streets because apparently they're dangerous. All right, I wanted to talk about uh, another group of not-so-bright individuals. Remember the cyber ninjas? Yeah, Arizona. The Republicans in the Senate in Arizona felt like there had to be election fraud in 2020. So we're going to find out. Well, 
there were some recounts in Arizona. Nope, Biden won. They had a couple of audits that the uh, government did. No sign of election fraud, but these Republicans, they are Trumplifucks, so they said there has to be some election fraud. We're going to hire our own investigative group. And they go by the name of Cyber Ninjas. Boy, with that name, they've got to be professionals, right? Well, they got paid a lot of money, taxpayer money, to come in there and do what they do, even though they'd never done one before. And it was very clear And quickly we find out that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're looking for bamboo in paper. They're looking for watermarks that don't exist. They're just talking constant bullshit so they can keep the work going and make more money, grift more money. Now, they told us it would take three or four weeks to get this done. When it was finally over, it was like eight months. Eight fucking months. And guess what? They found absolutely nothing. Now, if you talk to a Trumplican right now, they'll say, oh, they found all kinds of election fraud in Arizona. No, they didn't. The only reason you're saying that is because you've heard it from Donald Trump or Fox News or OAN. They're lying to you, as I said in the first part of this program. They fucking lie. And some dumb fucks believe it. And those people will believe forever and ever that there was election fraud found in Arizona. But there was none. No election fraud. But here's the thing about the cyber ninjas. Oh, they had a hell of a deal going here. They're going into Arizona, charging the taxpayers a lot of money, collecting money from rich benefactors to make sure they did the job. They come down to it and they find nothing. But they have one other responsibility that they have to do. They have to turn in their documents, their documentation to show what they did, how they did it, where they did it, when they did it. But you know what? They didn't turn in any documents. They didn't turn anything over as per the contract. Well, that's fucked up. Why wouldn't you do that? They kept begging them to turn over the documents, and they kept refusing to turn over the documents. Oh, big surprise. Because my guess is in those documents, it showed they did a lot of illegal shit. And money's one thing, but they don't want to go to fucking jail, so they're not turning over those documents. So they take them to court. They go to court and tell the judge, look, they're supposed to turn over these documents. They don't turn over those documents. So we want them to pay a fine of fifty or $1,000 per day, which is a lot of money. That will add up very quickly. The judge sits back and say, you know, I think they could use a little more encouragement. It's not going to be $1,000 a day. It's going to be $50,000 a day. Well, the Cyber Ninjas, surprisingly, aren't that big a company, and that would pretty much bankrupt them. But they still won't turn over the documents. I wonder why. Could jail be in their future if they do that? That's the only thing I could think of, of why they wouldn't turn over documents. I mean, even if I'm going to look stupid, I'm going to turn them over so I don't have to pay $50,000 a day. But these Cyber Ninjas, boy, they are smart characters. They are smart cookies. What do they do? They shut the doors. They shut the whole fucking company down. They fire everybody on staff. They try to disappear. So that's the way they're going to get out of paying that $50,000 a day. 
Seems like the judge didn't like that, though. They said, you could try to do that, but we're still going to be charging you $50,000 a day until you turn over the documents. Oh, that didn't go like they expected. (laughs) So we don't know what's going to happen with that. I'm guessing they are going to turn over documents. They're going to file bankruptcy, leave the country, do whatever the fuck. But I just want to say to those Republicans in Arizona, hey, nice fucking job. You knew there was election fraud. You hired your own guys, even though they were named cyber ninjas of all things. You expected them to do a really good job. And guess what? They found nothing. And then they couldn't even complete the job because they refused to turn over the documents, mainly because it would probably uh, implicate them and maybe some of you Republicans as well in some crimes. So now the cyber ninjas technically are no more. They have no more employees. They're trying to disappear, but they got a $50,000 a day fine hanging over their heads. I'd hate to be one of the principals, one of the owners of the cyber ninjas, because they're coming after you, motherfucker. (laughs) They're going to get their money. They're going to get their pound of flesh and their money. So good luck with the rest of your life. I want to talk about a gentleman by the name of Ryan O'Toole. He is a former staffer of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Now, Ryan O'Toole has stepped out. He no longer works for Kevin McCarthy. And now he's saying, you know what? Kevin McCarthy is really only listening to the radical right in the Republican Party. People like Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar. He's trying to be amenable with them, trying to serve them instead of some of the normal people in the Republican Party. Now, we know why Kevin McCarthy is doing it. He's dying to be the Speaker of the House, and he needs the Republicans to win the House to do that. So he thinks as long as he saddles up or sidles up next to Donald Trump, kisses his ass and does his bidding, that he's going to be able to be the Speaker of the House. Well, what he hasn't figured out in this deal is that uh, there's some other shit coming. You can side with the likes of Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Bozar, Gozar, or whatever the fuck his name is. But these folks might end up getting indicted. They might get expelled from the House of Representatives. They've got all kinds of problems. And Kevin, you got some problems too, because clearly you were talking to Donald Trump on January 6th and before. It'd be interesting to find out what is in those conversations how you might be tied to the planning and the facilitating of the insurrection on January 6th. You're going to be exposed because when Boebert and Green and Gosar all get taken down, you know what they're going to do, don't you? They're going to talk their asses off, and you're going to be right in the middle of it. Kevin's making all kinds of big plans to be Speaker of the House, but you know what he should be worried about? He should be worried about going home to his own house instead of a federal prison. Kevin McCarthy's got some problems here, and he's hanging out with the wrong kind of people. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out, because it's going to be a problem for Kevin McCarthy and all these radical right Republican trump They're in trouble, and their time is coming soon. Lastly, let's talk about the Supreme Court. There's a number of things going on with the Supreme Court that are pretty important, actually, at this point. Uh, 
Supreme Court apparently is poised to block Biden's vaccine and testing rules for businesses. You remember this. These were mandates that Biden set out for companies with more than 100 employees. Now, a lot of people didn't like it. They had people quitting because they had to get a vaccine, of all things. And there were a lot of companies that were against it. So they sued, they went up the chain, and now they're at the Supreme Court. They did their arguments yesterday. And uh, a lot of people who saw those arguments or were present in the Supreme Court when this was happening, they got the sense that the Supreme Court was more siding with blocking those mandates, stopping the mandates. And they got that because some of the questions and remarks made by the six Republican Supreme Court justices. Now, there's been no ruling. There's been no decision by the Supreme Court. But somehow people in the media say, well, it's a done deal. They're going to block all the mandates for Joe Biden. Now, we don't know that. We don't know what they're going to do. The Supreme Court has a lot of problems right now with legitimacy and credibility. People think that the Supreme Court is too partisan. And that's not something the Supreme Court wants us to think, especially John Robert, the Chief Justice. Credibility and legitimacy is absolutely essential to the Supreme Court because without it, you don't have a fucking Supreme Court. They don't want to appear partisan. But there's a problem. John Robert is a conservative, but he's got five others that he can't really control. They're going to do what they do. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out if they uphold those mandates or they block them. It could go either way. And maybe maybe the media is right that uh, it looks like they're going to block it. Now, there are a couple of other Supreme Court issues that we need to talk about. The Supreme Court is also weighing in on the Texas abortion ban. You remember that. That's that vigilante law that Texas put in place that uh, anybody could sue anybody having an abortion, giving an abortion, helping somebody get an abortion. That's their little um, workaround to ban abortions in Texas. That was taken to court, went up the chain, and now that's at the Supreme Court. And this is a very important one. This one's potentially going to cause some turmoil. So now at the Supreme Court, now keep in mind the Supreme Court allowed Texas to keep their situation the way it is. They could have just shut it down six months ago, but they didn't. And that's where some of the problems with the partisan claims have come. But they let them keep it intact for six months or whatever it's been. But now it's going to the Supreme Court. It's going to be heard. And the thing is what Texas and some other red states are trying to do. They're trying to stir up enough interest and enough chaos with this thing to ultimately get Roe v. Wade overturned. And that's a problem. We know the evangelicals and the trump want nothing more than getting Roe v. Wade overturned and making abortion illegal in this country. Now, Roe v. Wade is settled law, has been for 50 years. The idea that they can overturn it is a little ridiculous. That shouldn't be able to happen. But when you get six conservatives on the Supreme Court, that certainly is a danger. Now, when it goes to the Supreme Court, if they don't overturn Roe v. Wade or uphold what's going on in Texas and Mississippi and the like, 
well, then there's going to be a lot of Trumplifux and evangelicals pissed. And could that create some violence? I suppose it could. But what I'm more worried about is if they uphold what's going on in Texas, they overturn Roe v. Wade. Keep in mind, whenever you take rights away from people in this country, that pisses them off. And women make up 51% of this country. You start taking rights away from 51% of this country, there are going to be some problems. Women aren't going to stand by and say, well, that's the way it's got to be. They aren't going to stand for that. There is going to be a mess. So that particular decision and what follows afterwards is going to be interesting to watch. There could be a lot of problems with that. There's no way to tell what they're going to do because I'm sure the Supreme Court understands the problems that might come out of their decision, especially if they start getting accused of being partisan and now questioning the credibility of the Supreme Court. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that all shakes out. I really don't know what's going to happen, but either way, it could be messy. So we've got to be careful with that one. And the last Supreme Court case that is currently in the works is a um, situation where Donald Trump wanted to keep private White House documents in the National Archive. Remember, the House Select Committee wanted White House documents from in and around January 6th to see what went on to uh, help with their investigation. Well, Donald Trump doesn't want them released, so he did what he does. He delays it. He files a lawsuit. He gets slam dunk there. He has no case at all, and the uh, judge told him as much. They said, nope, you're not getting this one. So he appeals it to an appellate court, and he gets slam dunk again. The judge says, this is bullshit. There's nothing here. So all he has left is to appeal it to the Supreme Court. Now, here's what you have to understand about that situation. You got two lower courts saying there is nothing here. You don't win. Now it goes to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has requests for cases of maybe 10,000 a year. They only hear 65. So for all intents and purposes... When they get this case, they should already have this case uh, for these documents. They should say, yeah, we're not going to listen to it. We're not going to hear this one. It doesn't warrant our time. And if that happens, of course, Donald Trump is done. He's got no place else to appeal it to. Those documents will be released and Donald Trump will be fucked. But if they decide to hear it, then that's a little different situation. It's going to add more time, more delay to it. It's going to be appear to waste uh, unnecessarily the time of the Supreme Court, and they are going to get heat over that. But even if they do hear it, there is no way they can find in favor of Donald Trump. They just can't, because that would be contrary to the Constitution. And the Supreme Court, no matter how much they love Donald Trump, they aren't going to do that. Donald Trump is going to lose this case. He knew he was going to lose this case. All he was was delaying time. Unfortunately, the lower courts weren't going to allow him to do it. They acted very quickly on it and sent it up the chain. Now we'll see if the Supreme Court acts quickly. We'll see if they even accept the case. Because as I say, if they don't accept the case, it's over with. Donald Trump can't do anything anymore. The documents are released. 
So that's going to be a very interesting one to watch too. We hope that it gets done quickly. Again, we are 10, 11 months away from the midterms. They need this information with the House Select Committee very quickly. And hopefully the Supreme Court will oblige them in that and release their decision on whether they're going to take this case or not very quickly. We keep our fingers crossed and hope against hope that that happens. All right, we're going to wrap things up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit back and listen to what I'm talking about here. Listen to me prattle on. Thank you for taking the time. If you have questions or comments or complaints, by all means, just send a uh, email to me directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or you can go to anchor.fm, find Rational Boomer Podcast. You can leave a voicemail message. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. All right, you have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.